Welcome to The Workman's Table, a podcast all about learning and understanding biblical truths with the Great Shepherd's guidance. Here's your host, Eric Carpenter. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of The Workman's Table podcast. As always, I hope this episode finds you well and that you're learning and growing in His grace and mercy. And before I get to the uh, podcast episode today, uh, I'd like to give the email address that you can submit questions, uh, you know, or comments on previous podcast episodes, or if you want to uh, discuss a topic on a future podcast episode, feel free to shoot uh, an email to this podcast uh, email address. It is the workman's table at gmail.com. That is the workman's table at gmail.com. Now, the uh, title of today's uh, episode is uh, The Intervention of Elohim, and I think I've mentioned or we've looked at uh, Romans chapter 9 before on this podcast. We're going to take another look again and how it correlates with some uh, verses in the Old Covenant and uh, just how you know, it correlates uh, with Yah's will being you know, seen through or follow through with or how he ensures that his will is done on this earth. Uh, of course, as it is in heaven. And the verses that I'm going to uh, talk about are Genesis 20, 4 through 6, 2 Samuel 24, 1, Proverbs 16, 1, Proverbs 16, 9, Psalms 37, 23, 1 Kings eleven thirty four, 1 Kings 12, 15, and Judges 14, 1 through 4. So I'm going to start off, I'm going to go ahead and read all of Romans chapter 9, and then uh, we'll, we'll dive into the other uh, verses as well that, um, you know, I want to cover, and, and it correlates with how uh, Elohim intervenes in situations from time to time to ensure that his will is completed and it's followed through and it's, and it's you know, it, it, it is seen through, you know, and that he has his way uh, in all things. So, Romans chapter 9, I tell the truth in Hamashiach, I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Hamashiach for my brethren, my countrymen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of Elohim, and the promises, of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Hamashiach came, who is over all the eternally blessed Elohim. Amen. But it is not that the word of Elohim has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel. Nor are they all children, because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of Elohim, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by her father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of Elohim according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, The older shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau, Esau I have hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with Elohim? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. So then it is not of him which is man who wills, nor of him, which is man who runs, but of Elohim who shows mercy. 
So I wanted to highlight there in verse 16 when it says, So then it is not of him who wills. I wanted to make sure we're talking about man as him, not Yahuwah as him. So let me say that again. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of Elohim who shows mercy. For the scripture says to the Pharaoh, For this very purpose I raised you up, that I may show my power in you, that in that my name and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills he hardens. You will say to me then, Why does he still find fault? For who has resisted his will? But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against Elohim? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? What if Elohim, wanting to show his wrath and make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory? even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. As he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people, and her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There they shall be called the sons of the living Elohim. Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved, for he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because Yehuah will make a short work upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, unless, as it says, verse 29, and as Isaiah said before, unless Yehuah of Sabaoth had left us a seed, we would have become like Sodom, and we would have been made like Gomorrah. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So, he says, uh, you know, in verse uh, <clears throat> 11, uh, that the purpose of Elohim according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. And then he raises vessels for honor and vessels for dishonor. And then Paul's writing on verse 19, you will say to me then, why does he still find fault for who has resisted his will? His will will be accomplished. It will be done. Um, And I'm going to look at some uh, some verses in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, where Elohim intervened. Uh, before I get to that, though, let us keep in mind, because these instances, um, you're probably going to have some questions. But I want you to ask these questions on your own. I don't want to insert these questions in your mind, but I want you to keep this uh, verse in mind as we read these verses Uh, The book of James, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. I want to say this before I get into these verses that correlate with Romans chapter 9 in the Old Covenant. Let's keep this in mind. James chapter 1, verses 13 through 14, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by Elohim. For Elohim cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Keep that in mind, because I know you're probably going to have some questions 
when I pull out these verses. And, and I'm not going to read <clears throat> the whole scenario with these verses. I'm going to set it up a couple of them, I believe, uh, you know, with uh, like in Genesis and in Judges. I'm going to set up the scenario a little bit so that you have some context. But there's, I think, a couple more in Kings that I want you to go in and read the full context of the scenario as to why uh, what was written in the verses that I'm going to talk about. Find out the whole situation and, and read the whole thing in context. So I'm challenging you. I'm, I'm, I'm just setting uh, the table here to show that Elohim will sometimes intervene in a situation to accomplish something and because he has things in mind that he wants to do. Um, so if we go to <clears throat> Genesis 20, Genesis chapter 20, verses 4 through 6, uh, to set this up, uh, Abraham had appeared before King Abimelech, and he, in order to try to uh, protect Sarah, his wife, um, he told Abimelech that, um, that Sarah is his sister, and, in, and also Sarah repeated uh, well, didn't repeat that, but simply said that Abraham is my brother to, to try to keep that account going. And so we're going to pick up and uh, read Genesis 20, verses 4 through 6. Now, keep in mind, Abraham said that Sarah is his sister and that Sarah herself said that Abraham is my brother. So in Genesis 20, verses 4 through 6, But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Adonai, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she even herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and in the innocence of my hands, I have done this. And Elohim said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. So Elohim intervened in this situation. And so it looks as though Abimelech was going to probably try to take Sarah as a wife not knowing that she was actually married to Abraham because she said that Abraham is my brother and Abraham said, this is my sister. And so Elohim stepped in and said, I also, for I also withheld you from sinning against me, therefore I did not let you touch her. So Elohim intervened in that situation. Uh, if we go to 2 Samuel 24.1, uh, this is at the time when uh, David decided to take the census and and of course, he sinned and had to repent of that. But I'm going to just read chapter, or excuse me, verse one of, of uh, chapter 24 of Second Samuel. Second Samuel 24:1. And again, the anger of Yahuwah was aroused against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, "Go, number Israel and Judah." So the the, the key phrase there I want you to focus in on. And he moved David against them to say, "Go, number Israel and Judah." What do you think about that? Again, these are things that correlate with Romans chapter 9 on his will being done. And, you know, in Paul writing, who has resisted his will? And why does he still find fault? But indeed, O oh man, who are you to reply against Elohim? Will the theme formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? We, we cannot, we, we should not, I should say, with some things, we should not be questioning the Father and the Creator, the Almighty, and just say, your will be done, Father. And there's just instances of, though, you know, when he intervened, I already read in Genesis uh, chapter 20 and in 2 Samuel 24, 1, 
his intervention. He caused things to happen for a reason. Uh, Proverbs 16.1 kind of bolsters that. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from Yahuwah. Proverbs 16.9, a man's heart plans his way, but Yahuwah directs his step, his steps. So a man's heart plans his way, but Yahuwah directs his steps. Psalm 37.23 is similar to Psalm 16, or Proverbs 16.9. Psalm 37.23 reads, the steps of a good man are ordered by Yahuwah. And he delights in his way. So in other words, the father delights in the way of a good man. So now we'll also go to 1 Kings 11.34. And I encourage you to to read all of chapter 11 to get the context of this. But I'm just going to pull out verse 34. However, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand because I have made him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of my servant David, whom I chose because he kept my commandments and statutes. So that's another verse to consider there. Uh, in 1 Kings 12, 15, read that whole account there as well. So the king did not listen to the people, for the turn of events was from Yahuwah, that he might fulfill his word, which Yahuwah had spoken by Ahijah the Silonite, the Silonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. So Read 1 Kings 11 and read 1 Kings 12. And there's verse 34 and verse uh, of 11 and then verse 15 of 12 where you see the intervention of Yahuwah. And here's one that's really uh, uh, startling, I guess, or, you know, kind of grabs your attention. Let's put it that way. In Judges 14, 1 through 4, um, I've got to preface this, that the command by Yahuwah was that the Israelites were not allowed to marry outside the tribe of Israel. Um, there was 12 tribes, of course. We, we know that, those that are in his word and study his word. We know that there's 12 tribes of Israel that, that uh, uh, were in uh, covenant times, uh, Old Testament times, uh, and there, there's still 12 tribes. Those tribes have not left. Uh, they remain forever um, in Scripture and in throughout the you know throughout time uh with Yahuwah. so anyhow um he commanded the the tribes of israel not to marry outside not no canaanites perizzites amorites malachites or anybody egyptians they weren't they were not allowed to marry and so uh, i want to say that um you know and preface that in judges 14 uh, as i read it judges 14 1 through 4 now Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me as a wife. Then his father and his mother said to him, Is there no women? Is there no woman among the, the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. But his father and mother did not know that it was of Yahuwah, that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Are you catching that? A a commandment of Yahuwah was that they were not allowed to marry outside the nation of Israel, outside the 12 tribes. And here, Samson sees a uh, woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines and that he wanted this woman 
of Timnah, this woman in Timnah of the Philistines. And his father and mother says, knowing the commandment, says, enter anybody amongst your brethren that you, you, you would want to marry instead of this uncircumcised Philistine, not knowing they did not know that it was of Yahuwah that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. So I want you to pay attention to that. And what questions do you have? And again, you got to look at Romans chapter 9. But indeed, O oh man, who are you to reply against Elohim? Why does he still find fault? Who has resisted his will? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another dishonor? And then verse 22 of Romans 9, What if Elohim, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles? So there is a correlation between Romans 9 and some of these verses that Elohim will intervene at various times to accomplish his will. And so we cannot resist his will. What he wants done, it will get done. And as Yahushua encouraged us to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what questions do you have when you read these, these passages, knowing that he, caused, uh, he did not uh, allow Abimelech to touch Sarah, and, 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 and therefore Abimelech would have sinned against Yahuwah. And then, of course, um, his father and mother, uh, the father and mother of Samson, did not know that it was of Yahuwah that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. Uh, and, and, you know, Samson wanted a, a Philistine woman in Timnah. But what questions are coming to your mind? Again, I'm not going to give you those questions, but what other questions you may have, okay, send them to the email address of this podcast or talk to other people about this and say, what do you think? Look at the will of Yahuwah being, uh, being done in these passages and look at Romans 9 and how this correlates that his will will be done. So I just wanted to challenge you with this and, and provoke your mind uh, to see that Yahuwah intervenes as he sees fit at, at various times uh, in order to bring his name, honor, and glory. So I just encourage you to look at all these verses that I've given you and study them and look into them, talk to them, uh, talk about them with, uh, you know, other people and other believers and, uh, you know, discuss it and just see how Yahuwah's will is, 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 is completed and followed through with, and it, it is done. Uh, you know, it's, it's always been done for all of eternity. His righteous will and his righteous power. Also, keep in mind, if we go to Psalm 149, verse 4, it says, For Yahuwah takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. And then if you go to Revelation chapter 4, and verse, verses 10 and 11, Revelation 4, 10 and 11, it says, The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Yahuwah, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So he takes pleasure in his people, and he takes pleasure um, you know, in his creation and things that were created by him. He takes pleasure in us. So let us not forget that 
and understand that when his will is done and it's completed and it's followed through with and it, he accomplishes the very thing he's, he intends to do and wants to do, it's for his good pleasure. He is the king. He created all things, and it's for his pleasure that they are and were created, as it says in, in Revelation 4.11. So just keep that in mind with all these other verses and, and looking at how uh, Elohim will intervene in certain situations to make sure his will is done. So I challenge you to look at that and, and again, to, to contemplate and uh, look into these scriptures deeper just to look at the uh, various times that Elohim intervenes in situations. So until next time, study to show thyself approved. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of The Workman's Table.